0: Just go to cars.com. It's magical. You're listening to the Patriot Nation podcast, presented by Pat's Pulpit. All right. Welcome to today's, to today's Patriot Nation podcast. As always, it's your boy Pat Lane here, joined today by the wonderful, stupendous, amazing, smart, and beautiful Mark Schofield. Mark, thanks so much for coming awesome. back. We we appreciate uh always always love talking to you. So uh thanks for uh thanks for coming on with us.
1: Well Pat, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. I'm I'm disappointed that Matt's ducking me. Apparently. Yep. There's a sport that's played with an orange <laughs> ball. And there's some stuff going on tonight. It's something called the Big East Tournament yep. um, that might be drawing his attention. But I'll catch up with Matt at another time. But I'm excited to be here with you, buddy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, me too. I appreciate you uh, you coming through even without Matt. So, uh, so we like it. And listen, I mean, you are partly responsible for – if not wholly responsible – uh, for this union because i met matt through the scoso sac channel and so uh and that's where yeah so i'm made, sorry
1: man. everybody i'm sorry for that <laughs> um, no uh, matt's awesome you guys are awesome together i'm so glad you guys are crushing it on this show i'm a huge fan and i'm honored to be here as i appreciate am every it.
0: time yeah i appreciate it man well thank you thanks for the kind words and and so you're fresh off of uh off the combine and so of course you know draft talk has been kind of dominating uh everything. Right. Draft circles. And we and we'll, we might get into some draft stuff. But next Monday is the unofficial official start of free agency uh, where, you know, I mean, no no agents and teams have had any discussions up until this point. And so they, yeah, sure. no one will talk at all sure. until Nothing's next happened. Monday. No, nothing.
1: absolutely. Nothing happened in Not Indianapolis at high nope. velocity at three in the morning every night. No, no,
0: no shot. Nope. No. So uh, so starting on Monday basically is the starter free agency, essentially, right? And so that's kind of what I want to talk about today. As much as the draft is important, of course, I think the Patriots are in an interesting position here because, yes, they won eight games and missed the playoffs last year, but they had a pretty good shot of winning some of those games they lost and kind of uncharacteristically lost some of those games. You think with better coaching, which you assume they're going to have this year, and with more development from some of their players that they can be a 10 or 11 win team. And so, you know, yeah, obviously you want to get guys to the draft, but it is going to be interesting to see what they do with a decent amount of cap space that they have, too. So I think the free agency, although I feel like everyone's kind of rushing to the draft, uh, as we kind of always do, free agency, I feel like is going to be extremely important for the Patriots this offseason.
1: Yeah, it's it could be transformative in a way. And obviously, look. I know we're going to get into some decisions they have to make about you know their own sort of players that are hitting free agency, um, given that they hadn't they haven't used the tag. Um, but there's a potential for this to be transformative, and I think it's important to have the free agency dis- discussion almost parallel in a sense to the draft discussion because there are some positions of depth in this draft class. There are some positions mm-hmm. that are a little thin, and that might impact free agency. That might impact the two sort of prime free agents on New England right now, or with New England, with Jacoby Myers and Jonathan Jones. I mean, because wide receiver, not the kind of depth in the wide receiver class that we've seen in years past. Cornerback, however, is a very deep group, very talented group. You might see six, seven corners in the first round. And so, you know, it's important to have this conversation in tandem because what you might do in free agency you can sort of have an inkling of what you can and can't get away with because of what's in the draft class. Or you might feel that you have to do something because of what might not be in the draft class.
0: Yeah. No, it's a great point. It's a great point. So uh we will get into Jacoby Myers and John Jones. I want to start with someone who is not technically a free agent, I guess, but is a free agent if you want him to be. And that's Lamar Jackson. Uh, obviously, the Patriots have Mac Jones. I think everyone is pretty confident in saying that Lamar Jackson's better than Mac Jones. Um, but the question becomes, and, you know, I mean, people are now, you know, getting into this whole collusion thing about, you know, are they not paying them because they don't want you know, who knows what the heck is going on. But my question to you, Mark, is, is there a world in which you think the Patriots would be willing to, or should, maybe they wouldn't be willing to do it, but should they, give up two first round draft picks and make Lamar Jackson the highest paid quarterback in the NFL.
1: I mean, I think it's worth at least figuring out what it would take to sign him. What would he what kind of deal it would take? Um is he worth two first round picks? I think so. Is he worth a fully guaranteed contract? That's where it gets a little bit hazy, you know, because we are talking about a quarterback that missed sort of the stretch run and you know, one of the things that I like about Lamar You know, there are a lot of things I like about Lamar Jackson. Um, He tends to be as explosive and as creative, a ball carrier and an athlete that he is for the most part, he's evaded an avoided contact. He's an evader. He's like, if you think of Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Hurts is a more physical kind of runner as a quarterback. Lamar is more of what you might call an evader. He avoids contact. He dips, he slides and things like that. But you've had these past two years now where he's dealt with injuries. And so that might be the reason why teams, like perhaps potentially the New England Patriots, are a little bit hesitant about exploring a Lamar Jackson sign and about giving up two first first-round picks to do it. Um, you know, you, you mentioned the sort of collusion idea. And certainly, you know, when it came out on Tuesday that he got the non-exclusive tag, and within it, it seemed like in half an hour, five teams had said, "Look, we're not we're not we're not going after Lamar Jackson. It did smell a little fishy. But I also think that other things could be at work here. One, and this is something I've been thinking about a lot, you know, after sleeping on it last night, we're in this sort of post-Dolphins tampering penalty world, right? And even sort of off the record anonymous sources, if it comes out before the legal tampering period that, yes, the Atlanta Falcons are going to pursue Lamar Jackson, that might set off some alarm bells, you know, at, you know 345 Park Avenue. And NFL people might start wondering what's going on here. And so it wouldn't surprise me at all if one of these teams, if all of these teams that have come out and said, no, 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 we're not interested, turn around on Monday and say, yeah, we're interested. It's Lamar Jackson. We just couldn't say anything yet. Um, So I'm kind of waiting to see if the storyline changes. You know, there also, I think, is some truth to the idea that NFL owners, by and large, are still unhappy over the Sean Watson contract fully guaranteed contract because a they don't want to go down that road of fully guaranteeing quarterback contracts B, you have to have the escrow money to be able to sign that deal and you know coming up with the millions that it would take to do that that's not easy it so there's that angle to it as well but it's sort of in a vacuum Lamar Jackson injuries yes it's it's a part of the the discussion in the calculus he's an extremely talented quarterback and you know I've got you know Bobby Petrino's book on my shelf, just out of reach right here, and he talks about you know the things that Lamar did at Louisville, the offense that he ran at Louisville. There's been this idea that he can't play from the pocket. That's why I I think I haven't confirmed it, but Petrino titled this book Inside the Pocket because he's saying, look, Lamar can play from the pocket, yeah. um, and we know Belichick is Belichick is a fan of his. You know, he said it at the start of the year when the, these two teams played about how he's proven everybody wrong and all of that, and how you know when he was asked, you know, uh, how good is he? Basically, said his next contract's going to answer that question. I yeah. mean, would Belichick be the one to pay that? I don't know, but I think you at least, I think you at least do the due diligence route of what would it take, and if they come back and if you you find out that yeah, it's you know five years. 450 million, all of it guaranteed, or something outlandish. And they say, all right, well, now we know, and you move right. on. But if it's something that's reasonable and it's something you're willing to pay, yeah, you give up two first rounds for.
0: Him. Yeah. It's an interesting situation because I think, you know, Lamar's going to be 26 this year. I mean, he's crazy young. Yep. You don't see quarterbacks that age who are former MVPs, you know, who play at the level that Lamar plays at. And it's interesting. We talk about, you know, we talk about the injuries, but, you know, the NFLPA does their thing. The Ravens come out as like an F minus in their training staff. Matthew Judon, Carl Davis, Rashad Bateman, who's currently playing there, all talk about how terrible, you know, the training staff is there. Maybe that has something to do with it. You know, like he played for the first three years of his career he played every game, right? And he didn't play every game as rookie year because he didn't start every game as rookie year, but he played every game the first three years of his career. And then now he's missing time. Like, does that have something to do with the Ravens? And of course, no way to know that, right? But maybe it does, you know? And so, And so maybe he goes somewhere else and he's different. The other problem, if you're the Patriots, is that, yes, it's a non-exclusive tag. That's true. But the Ravens can always match what you pay. Right, and so if you go out there and you offer a ridiculous contract, you make Lamar the highest-paid quarterback in NFL history, and the Ravens turn around and go, "Yeah, okay, we'll pay him that," and they match your contract. Now you're sitting here like, "Oh no, we love Mac Jones. We're totally bought into Mac Jones." When it's like, "Well, no, actually, you're not. You just offered. You just offered to make Lamar the highest-paid quarterback." <laughs> yeah, in NFL
1: it, it, Benjamin Albright brought that up um, on social media during the day on Wednesday, basically said like. You know, that might be a reason why these five teams have come out and said that they're not going to do that Um, because, you know, locker rooms are what they are, you know, and it's a way to sort of potentially fracture a locker room. You know, the the corollary to that is you got to have thick skin to play quarterback in the NFL. You know, you're one of 32 people to have this job and you have to understand you have to have that approach That look, maybe they want to go. If you're Mac Jones, yeah, sure. Okay. You signed Lamar to, a, to an offer sheet and Ravits matched it. Okay. Now I'm going to continue to prove you why that was wrong. I mean, you have to right. have, I mean, we were spoiled for 20 years of Tom Brady, but that was a man that every time he took the field, even our practice, even late in his Patriots career still felt like he had to prove like he was the best starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. We kind of have to have that sort of mindset and we have seen some other organizations when they draft a young quarterback, the starter sort of loses confidence. You look at the Carson Wentz Jalen Hurts situation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, if your starting quarterback is going to sort of crumble because you entertain the idea of another option because they weren't playing up to par, that might tell you something that you need to know. Um, right. so You know, I understand that, you know, the the idea that if it falls through, then you have to go back sort of tail between your legs. And I get some of that. But at the same time, look, these quarterbacks know that you either perform, you get better, or they're going to – it's a business. They're going to find somebody better than you. They're going to find somebody. They're going to look for somebody that's better than you. And so I – you know, it's a business. And, you know, if they decide to go down the Lamar road and it doesn't work out – they'll move forward with Mac Jones and he'll have to understand that, look, you know, play better and you won't have to worry right. about this.
0: Well, and that's really what it comes down to, right? You play at an MVP level and we're willing to pay that yep. much money for a quarterback that's going to win and be that good. And if you can be that good, then we'll pay you because yeah. you deserve it. Right. And yeah, so, exactly. you know, yeah. And that's, I, I think it's a great point. Right. And so it is kind of, it's fascinating to see what's going to happen. Uh, I don't know if anyone's going to make an offer, but I think I almost wonder too, is Baltimore looking at this as an opportunity to say, let's do the non-exclusive instead of the exclusive. Number one, we'll pay a little bit extra. We'll pay a little bit less. I'm sorry, this right. season. And number two, let's let another team do the negotiating for us. And then we can come back and say, Yep, that's around what we were looking for. Or yeah, maybe it's a little bit more than we want to pay, but I don't mind. Right. Or, then you sit there and say no we can't do that but we'll take two first-round picks instead, you know and so yeah. i think i mean I, I, I kind of th- smart on their part
1: yeah pat I, I do think there's some truth to that uh shefter was talking about that earlier today to basically saying that you know they've been trying for two years between lamar and the ravens to get a deal done they haven't so now it's sort of like you know my old background the legal world it's like going to mediation or to an arbitrator you're basically saying all right tell us what this what this case is worth here tell us what this contract is worth and if a team comes back and signs it to an offer sheet that's in the ballpark of what they were willing to do it's okay now we've got a benchmark you know this is what other teams are willing to do we're willing to pay it maybe a little more than we wanted or from lamar's perspective a little less than he wanted but they can get it done that way and the other thing i think it's important to keep in mind the non-exclusive franchise tag like you said it's cheaper that's you know a way to get their cap position a little bit more manageable because they have to get cap compliant here in the next couple of days and right. they're over the cap so that makes it a little bit more manageable from that standpoint as well if you sat up to the exclusive tag yeah he's a, he's a Baltimore Raven next year but it's another 13 million that you have to go find somewhere else and so I think that's part of this whole scenario as well
0: yep that's a great point it's a great point all right let's move on to to who the Patriots are looking at right now, and I, I really want to talk about three guys in particular that are going to be free agents this year, um, and you know have the po- the possibility of walking away, and whether the Patriots will bring them back or not. Obviously, we talked about two of them, Jacoby Myers and John Jones, and the third one for me is um, is Peppers. Uh, I just think I think Peppers brought something to the defense that they didn't have before he came, uh, and so I'm curious about. Number one, if you think those three guys will be back. And number two, um, if not, what kind of money do you think they'll get on the open market?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is sort of where the draft conversation comes in, you know, because I think it's looking at this wide receiver class. It's not the kind of depth that it was that we've seen in recent years, number one. And then you look at the rest of this free agency class. Jacoby Myers, whether it's myself, whether it's other outlets, PFF, whomever, he's looked at as the top free agent in the wide yeah. receiver market. And you can see where this is going. You know, teams that haven't a need a wide receiver, that's who they're probably going to go to first. Like, you know, you're probably looking at a deal somewhere in the name neighborhood of 16, 17 million per. I don't know if New England's going to do that. And when you're talking about a weak free agency class overall, that he's the sort of cream of the crop of, when you're talking about a, a weaker draft class than we've seen in recent years, it almost feels like there's going to be a bid in war for Jacoby Myers, which all credit to him. I mean, that's fantastic for him. It seems like this is trending towards, well, the Patriots want to win that bidding in war when – there are other positions that they might want to address that they could even address perhaps in free agency, such as adding an offensive lineman, adding a tackle that you go that road. Yeah. Um, so Myers feels like as much as I'd love to have him back, and particularly if, you know, Matt Jones is sitting here right now, unless something crazy happens as your starting quarterback, there's that relationship, that chemistry between those mm-hmm. two. That's a big part of getting back to where he needs to be in addition to better coaching Bill O'Brien and all of that. So as much as I'd love to see Jacoby Myers back, the numbers and the finances and the mere fact that this free agency class, this draft class might be a little bit weaker overall, it doesn't feel good. Um, I'm with you on Peppers. I'd like to see him back. And I'd love to see Jonathan Jones back. Um, I'm a huge fan of Jonathan Jones. I did my top five corners in free agency that came out this morning. He was number three for me. Um, I've always been a fan of his game, and the main reason is: look, when when Belichick says, "All right, we're fa- we're facing Miami and Tyree Kill," and that's who you're covering, or even years prior, we're facing Kansas City and we're worried about Kelsey and all those guys. We're worried about Tyreek Kill, so Jonathan Jones—that's your guy. I I think, I think that speaks volumes and the fact that, you know, he adjusted to life on the outside, he tailed off at the end of the year. Yeah, sure. But adjusted to life on the outside, certainly play on the inside. I'd love to have him back. And I'd love to have, you know, maybe an additional corner added in the draft because I think it's a very deep draft class. And I think the fact that it is a deep draft class might mean there's a bit softer market free agent wise for cornerback. So, you know, Jonathan Jones might go out there, explore the free agency market, it's not as hot a free agency market for his position as it is to say the wide receiver position. And that might be conducive to him coming back on a new deal.
0: Yeah. I I love the point about, uh, about Jones. I just, I have a hard time wanting to overextend myself for him because I feel like he is limited to that inside role and he played okay on the outside. He played all right, but he can't, he can't cover those guys. He's not, he can't be like your number one corner. And I yeah, think that I mean he's probably him, more
1: know. a CB2 type, like you know right. the big traditional prototypical X's. Like they gave him trouble, you know, yeah. and you yeah. know, and that's why I think you could bring him back. You know, have him inside, have him CB2 type role, and maybe add somebody in the draft. Right. Um, yeah. I, I think because. It's, a, it's like pitching you can never have enough defenders in the secondary like you, right. you got to have a ton of it um that's kind of the scenario that I'm envisioning because you're right and I think that will also lend itself to the idea that you know a guy like Jamal Dean or somebody else might be a more sought after corner right he might not see the market out there again compared it to the Jacoby Myers situation he's not going to probably see the kind of hot market that Myers will see once we get to next week
0: Right. No, that's a great point. And you know, I, I agree with you hundred percent on Myers. I, I really wish they could bring him back and, and I'm still hopeful that they could bring him back, but I'm not holding my breath because I yeah. do think someone's going to go out there and give him now, maybe not exactly what Christian Kirk got. Last, I think Christian Kirk got what four for 84 or something like that last year. Yeah. And I don't think he's going to get quite that much. But he's going to get somewhere in that 17 to 20 range. And to me, that's just, I can't pay that for Jacoby. I can't do it. I can't do that for Jacoby Myers. Now, the issue is, I don't want them to let Jacoby Myers go and then send 46 to Arizona for DeAndre Hopkins either. Cause I feel like Hopkins, while he's good, obviously, he's not the player that he once was. I don't think, at least. And he never had that breakaway speed necessarily.
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: getting older, it's, I don't know that it's, that's a real tough one for me for maybe 76. I'm in 46. I I don't know. That's too early for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing with Hopkins is one of the things that he does well is something that I think Mac needs, which is that guy that's going to win in a phone booth. Like, you know, a strength of his is certainly his, his ability to make plays at the catch point. To win at the catch point. And yeah, he's not a burner. He's not going to really run away from people. But the tough catches to move the chains, the ability to like, you know, make the throw and expand the throwing window just by his style of play. I think is something that we saw at times with Devontae Parker last year. And it certainly helped Mac Jones a little bit. And I think it's an element that's missing from this offense. And so I'd like to see it. But yeah, I mean, which pick would you give up to do that? That's tough, especially when, you know, the talk at Indy last week, as it is, I think every draft is like, you know, 20 to 60, 20 to 70 is like the strength of the draft. Like that's where you're going to find really good players and to give up a pick in that range. Right. Yeah. But but then it also gets to the mystery box thing from family guy. Right. Which is like, oh, you could draft somebody that could be great there. They could even be <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins. Right? Right, right. It has that element to it as well. Yeah,
0: It's very true. It's a good point. That's great. That's a great analogy too, by the way. I like that
1: one. I love the family guy mystery box. <laughs> we use it all the time. I've seen it like 10 times on Twitter today. I saw it with a bunch of, you know, the Detroit lions talking about, you know, we shouldn't, you know, go after Lamar Jackson. We can draft a quarterback and it's like, well, that quarterback could be great. It could be Lamar Jackson. Like right. we, we can use that family guy reference all the time during draft season.
0: Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, and if you, if you don't know what that is, go Google it. It's, it's, it's yeah. worth it. Um, so tackle is another position I think that's that's extremely important. Of course, there's some left tackles out there. Supposedly, the Patriots are bought in on Trent Brown. I, I mean, I guess. Sure, why not? Um, I feel like, and I said to Matt last week, I feel like we made this mistake with Isaiah Wynn where we said, ah, it's only $10 million bucks. If he's a starting left tackle, that's that's a good deal for $10 million bucks." But is he a competent starting left tackle? I don't know that about Trent Brown anymore. Now, maybe he can be. But I don't know if Trent Brown is a competent starting left tackle And so, yeah, it's only 11 million bucks for him, but is it worth it? Like if I cut him and sign Orlando Brown, am I getting significantly better? And Orlando Brown may not be the guy either because I might have concerns about his buy-in and his really want to, um, you know, which is kind of what I'm concerned about with Trent Brown. So maybe he's not the guy, but is there a guy out there that that I'm looking at saying, yeah, I I like his upside better than I like Trent Brown's. And so I'm going to cut Brown and kind of move on from there, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, as far as the sort of tackle group and free agency, I mean, Brown's probably the best player. I mean, Brandon Thorne released his sort of free agency tiers and rankings, and he's got Brown at the top. But, you know, Jawan Taylor, uh, as he's just 25. You know, he could be in the mix. Yeah. Josh Nin- Ninjman, um, the Packers offensive tackle, mm-hmm. he's out there, and he's a player to keep in mind. And oh. a lot of people talk about McGlinchy, you know, if yeah. – you know, that would be more of a right tackle move, obviously, because he's a right tackle. But, yeah. you know, you could have Brown at left tackle. If you're sold on Brown at left tackle, McGlinchey at right tackle, that could work. I mean, this is one of those positions where there are options in the drafts. Um, you know, the Northwestern kids grow on, I, see, I know the arm length issue is there. And I actually talked to Brandon out in Indianapolis because Brandon was out there as well. He, he had an interesting comparison for him. He said he's Joe Tooney. Which okay, well, that's a great offensive lineman, technically sound offensive lineman, but probably some of it ends up kicking inside to guard, and so maybe that's not the way you go. Right? Um, but I mean, I'm I, maybe I'm higher on Brown than you are. Um, I, I think he can still play at a high level, and I I think you know watching and studying that Chiefs offense, that's a hard quarterback to play tackle in front of. I mean, yeah. because he's not always where he's supposed to be, and, and that's part of the magic of Mahomes is that, you know, he moves around a lot, he can create. But if you're setting up expecting him to be at eight yards and he's not, he can look bad in a in the blink of an eye. I, I think he could work in New England and then, you know, maybe decide you round back to the right side. I mean, that could work.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point. It's a good point. So I, I am interested to kind of see what, what they'll do. And, and then, like you say – you got guys in the draft. You know, I love Paris Johnson from Ohio State, yeah. um, you know, but he's not the only one. There's a bunch of guys. And even, you know, when you switch over to the right side, you get Dewan Jones, who played on the right side at Ohio State. Right. And so and there's a bunch of talent at that position. So I do think even if you don't go out and get one of those guys, I don't know if McGlinchey or Taylor are De- necessarily fits for the Patriots. Um, but even if you don't go out and get one of those guys in free agency, there are tackles. There to be are had. options
1: in the draft. I right. mean, whether it's 14, whether it's the second round, like, you know, depending yeah. on how free agency shakes out. Like this is a position group where I don't feel like you need to force it like yeah. in the free agency because there are going to be options. It's one of the deeper position groups in the draft.
0: Yeah. No, it's 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 a great point. So I am I'm interested in that. All right. Give me a guy, because there's a few one or two more guys I want to talk about, but give me a guy who may not be on everyone's radar as a target for the Patriots, but you think the Patriots should target in free agency?
1: I mean, there's a couple. I mean, uh, you know, depending on what they do a corner, I, I, I watched a lot of Cameron Sutton over the past couple of days, and I came away really impressed with him. Extremely versatile. Like, you know, he moved outside, similar to Jonathan Jones of these past two years, but played extremely well. He had an interception against the Raiders where they actually rotated to an inverted cover two. So he's in a half field safety role, breaks on the route of the middle of the field, and and makes an incredible interception. So very versatile player. Um, So depending on what they do there at the cornerback spot, that's a name to keep in mind. Another corner, I know... Rock Yassine, I know, you know, our good friend Taylor has talked about him. That's another name that I'm very intrigued by, again, without Jonathan Jones. Mm-hmm. I know we talked about the wide receiver class and how it's not great, you know, but I'm, I've am i kind of got a soft spot for Darius Slayton. I don't know why. I've always kind of liked him.
0: Yeah, uh, me too. In my
1: year of watching, you know, Daniel Jones – And I know that, like, look, that passing game wasn't great. And, you know, Saquon Barkley was basically their leader receiver. And other guys sort of emerged. But I have kind of liked him. And he's probably going to come pretty cheap. Um, He's not the, you know, it's not like Kenny Galladay. Like, absolutely not. Like, I can't talk myself into that one. Um, But Slayton always kind of intrigued me as sort of a, a later, you know, late in free agency, phase two, phase three, which is sometimes where the Patriots sort of nibble around anyway. And then depending on what happens at safety. You know, Jordan Poyer is fantastic. He's awesome. Oh, I love to have him. I mean, it would be incredible. Be, it would be incredible. Julian Love, uh, another member of the Giants. Yeah. I, I watched a lot of him this summer for uh, a project I was working on. Very versatile, he can play, you know, post-safety, can play half field, You can bring him down into the walks, You can bring him in the slot. You know, there's some overlay with some guys that they have, but, you know, if Peppers is elsewhere and, you know, you're looking for another player that can be that sort of versatile type safety, I like him.
0: Yeah, uh, those are all good names to uh, to look at. So I'm intrigued by that. The Sutton one, I hadn't really noticed It wasn't on my radar. So I'm, I'm yeah, going to put Cam I, Sutton on my radar. I was
1: watching him. Um, I, I was really kind of watching him um, before it was you – know, I had F1 on one screen. I had Cameron Sutton tape on the other. I was getting ready to board my <laughs> flight home. And I was like, oh, this kid can play, man.
0: Yeah, I like it. I like it. And that's totally something Patriots would do. Go for a guy who's like – off the radar a little bit. Everyone's talking about, you know, Rocky scene and Jamel Dean and John Jones, yeah. and they go for cam Sutton, you know what I mean? So, uh, and then he comes in and, and balls out, you know, it seems, seems like that type of guy. Yep. So, um, who was the guy? Uh, so Devin McCourty, what do you think? Back? Not uh, a percentage so. chance. You think so?
1: Yeah. I, I'd say it's 60, 40. He's back. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Slater coming back, is kind of a nod to where you know they might want to get together for one more run right. uh with, with these veterans he could still play at a really high level i mean yeah. I, I don't think that's the question I, it's just a matter of again you start getting a little on the older side you know is going through all of it you know what it takes to play at a high level is it is it something you want to do is it something you want to commit to because it's not easy you know um but I think he's back. Had Slater retired, I would have felt like, okay, yeah, that this sort of the the veteran leadership core is is starting to think about handing it up. But with Slater back, something tells me Devin's back one more one more season.
0: I like it. I like it. Dark blue gold thinks Josh Gordon, but maybe not. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, one more guy I wanted to ask you about, and this is kind of a rookie and a, a free agent, and I just think that the Patriots have been longing for an athletic linebacker, right? A guy that can play. You, know, you look at Cam McGrone, they drafted. He didn't work out. You sign you know, Raekwon McMillan. He didn't work out. You you trade for Mac Wilson. He didn't work out. So you really, you haven't been able to find that guy. And even Josh Uche, they tried to like make him a linebacker and he wasn't, but they were like, oh, we can use. But the guy in free agency right now is Tremaine Edwins. He's got some real athleticism. The Bills, I think it's funny because the guy follow a few Bills guys, you know, and uh, Spence Spence and and uh, and uh, Jiminy Christmas. That um, was his name. Anyways, doesn't matter. Spence Spence was uh, what loved him. And, yeah. you know, Bills fans would always be trashing him. And he's like, listen, one day, uh, Greg, Greg Thompson is the one. Yeah. Was Greg, and, Greg and Spence would be like, one day. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna realize this guy's pretty good, and now he's a free agent, and all Bill's fans are like, Well, we should him. They're like, yeah, we've been telling you this. But, anyways, Jermaine Evans is a guy I think he might be expensive, and so I don't know if the Patriots are willing to do that, but a guy that I think and it they're different, but Jack Campbell to me is one of the guys that he's got the size, he's got the power, but I was shocked at his at his numbers at the combine, blew me away at his athleticism. And so he's the size, and Edmonds is too. These two guys are the size that the Patriots are looking for from the linebacker position, can play out there, but also can actually cover and run sideline to sideline. I'm just curious about what your thoughts are about about Edmonds potentially coming here and then also uh, about Campbell.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would love to have Edmonds because you're doing two things. You're getting that athleticism in a young linebacker that – You know, early in his career, yeah, like the coverage wasn't there. The awareness, the recognition, like those parts of his game weren't there. But he's gotten better over the the last two seasons, I'd say. So you're adding an athletic linebacker who's young, who's explosive, who's got experience even though he's relatively young. And I was on WGR in Buffalo just six hours ago. I was on this afternoon. Well, show up in the Bulldog, and they're like starting to panic in Buffalo because they're up against it from the cap. Yeah. You know, they might lose Poyer. They're probably going to lose Edmonds. Um, you're weakening a division rival as well. Right. I mean, right. you're taking away from Buffalo. And as I said on the air with them, look, it, we're living in this sub package world where you're playing, you know, Nickel is the new base or how, whatever phrase you want to use. If you're going to go sub, you need to have athletic linebackers that can. Match number three and carry number three vertically if they have to. Look at Fred Warner and what he does in San Francisco yeah. for examples of you know a linebacker carrying number three vertically and still play against the run. And Edmonds can do that as well. I, I I would love to see him here. And you know, when you get to the sort of draft class, I think what Campbell did in Indianapolis is eye popping. I mean, it's one of those like, wait, I gotta go back and re-watch because I must have did I did I miss this because We saw some athleticism on film, but that's like, you know, elite upper tier 9.98 on the RAS relative athletic scoring system from Kentley Platt. That's a tremendous performance. And so, you know, if they could swing Edmonds, I I know off-ball linebacker, there are some that think, you know, you don't pay off-ball linebackers. But when you have athletic off-ball linebackers that can do the things you need them to do in the coverage game, that can run with – Slot receivers and athletic tight ends up at the seams and carry those when you're in two high structures or when you're in a three up is three situation that's huge. And so, I I would definitely more than kick the tires on Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah, you've got other positions like we've talked about, but you, you're making your defense more athletic, you're making your second level more athletic, which is something Patriots fans have been clamoring for since Super Bowl 52. Yep, and you're taking them away from Buffalo.
0: Yeah, I agreed. Agree, I couldn't couldn't agree more, and that's it's a position that I think the you know the Patriots should should target, and especially when you get when you have athletic guys that can play, and even like you know you mentioned Edmonds struggled the first few years, yeah. Jack Campbell might have all the athleticism in the world, he might have more than we saw, but is he going to be good right out of the shoot? And now it's, it's like the mystery you
1: know, box analogy
0: right. again. It's like Jack right.
1: Campbell could be great, he could be trade Edmonds. <laughs> right. I mean, it's the same thing.
0: yeah exactly so so yeah it's just it that's the question you got to answer and so i I think i think it's it's worth a shot and like you say man making buffalo worse and bringing him and that kid balling out twice a year against against buffalo would be awesome you know so um so anyway so that's what i got so uh, i don't know if there's anything else uh anything else you want to get off your chest about free agency and or the draft
1: not yet um i i it w- I will say this: the the combine in Indianapolis. I I, I don't want to cause too much panic, but I will tell a quick story. Um, so Friday morning, that's the day that the quarterbacks address the media. Yeah. Um, Bryce Young's going at eight o'clock. C.J. Stroud at eight twenty. Anthony Richardson at eight forty. And so I I went to bed early the night before. I was a good little boy. I didn't go out. Didn't stay out late because um, I wanted to be you know bright eyed bushy tailed for Bryce Young. So I get over to the Paul J in the convention center at 7:30. And there's already the crowd around Bryce Young's podium. And so I like weave my way into the first couple of rows. And I, why is Evan Lazar sit standing next to me? And I'm like, Evan, is there is there something I need to know? And he's like, no, no, no. I'm just I'm gonna try to ask him some questions about Bill O'Brien. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. And he tried, he shouted his questions. Bryce didn't call on him. But then 820 and it's CJ Stroud, and I'm still surrounded by Patriots beat riders. And then Anthony Richardson at 840, there's still Patriots beat writers around me. And so I don't know yeah. what to take from that. But, I mean, I, I I think they were just, you know, it's quarterback day, so they're talking to the top three quarterbacks. This is going to make good for good content no matter what because, hey, maybe one finds their way to the Jets or maybe one finds their way to – the Las Vegas Raiders or the Colts or another AFC team. And now you've got some, some content there, but I just thought it was funny. One of my favorite things about the combine is to see, you know, first Maddie Glab, she's one of the bills beat report inside team reporters. Um, She was in front of Osiris Torrance uh, and a lot of interior offensive linemen. And so it's a good way to gauge how teams and what teams are thinking to see what teams beat writers are in front of which position groups. And so what I saw, some familiar faces in front of Bryce Giannis. I, I, Spidey sense started tingling a little bit.
0: <laughs> oh baby! All right. I I said I said I have one more question, but I do have one final question for you, Mac yep. Jones. Some stupid report. We'll see if it's an actual report or not. Supposedly Vegas was interested in trading for Mac. I think it's a fake report. Vegas interested in trading for Mac Jones. Would you Would you consider that? Assuming you're not getting number seven right but would you consider that for i think they're drafting 38 38 is where they are would if they threw in 38 70 and a second round pick next year for mac jones would you do that under the assumption that you might be able to get a new quarterback at 14 or you're not
1: getting see
0: that's the problem you're not right? getting
1: you're not getting a quarterback at 14 see right. you you would have to then package 14 and 39 to get up and I just don't know. Now, the interesting thing coming out of Indianapolis, there's like these dual tracking stories. One is Richardson could go one overall, and the other is because Richardson did so well, the market for that first overall pick might not be as hot as Chicago would have liked because if you like both Stroud and Richardson or Stroud, Richardson, and Young, and you're Las Vegas at seven, like you could sort of sit there and draft him. Yeah. But I don't think QB four, whoever it is, is getting past sitting here right now, Carolina at nine. Now, I assume Carolina is going to move up. And so the idea that you're getting 38, or 39, whichever the, their second round pick is at 71. OK, that's great. That gets you to the 30 yard line. Like you still got to get through the you're not even in right. the red zone yet in terms of getting one of these top four. Now, if they turn around and say, we'll give you seven. I mean, I I think you entertain that one as much as I'd like to see Mac Jones have success. If you're given the seventh round, the seventh overall pick, like that gets you closer to one of these guys, but you still might not even be there. And so, right, right. You no, know, it's it, it, it's a tough call. Um, but I think that report that is out there, I think it's sort of some dot connecting more than anything else. Like, that yeah, you know, Josh McDaniels coached Mac Jones, and yeah, but I mean, I think even if you're Josh McDaniels, it's like. Yeah, you know, we could get year three of Mac Jones or our guy to build around, whether it's Richardson or Stroud or whomever they end up drafting.
0: And so I think, yeah, I think for them, uh, it makes no sense. Why yeah. why trade number seven overall for Mac Jones when he's going into the third year of his rookie contract? It doesn't make any sense. Right. I mean, you if know, you and, get,
1: you know, CJ Stroud for the entirety of his rookie deal, like that, right. you can, you get, it's just, that's the path that teams are taking, which is that rookie quarterback deal
0: yeah agreed agreed all right well this has been great this has been great mark before uh before you go please you know plug yourself tell everyone where they can read you and see you and hear you and everything else and uh you know and then and we'll we'll send you on your way sir
1: well pat always a blast buddy great to be here great to chat with you i'll I'll hunt matt down and and tell him how disappointed i am that he's ducking me um (laughs) social media at mark schoolfield can i do it right Nope, didn't do it, but there it is, right over there. There That's it is, right there. got it. There it is, close enough. Um, SBNation.com, um, where they've got me doing everything. Look, i got to hop off here because tonight we get the Big Sky Conference Final. Oh, we got Northern Arizona. They came into the tournament at 9-22 and with one more win. They're going to get into the big dance.
0: That's awesome. If they
1: beat Montana State tonight. Oh, let's that go. That kicks off at 11.30 on the east coast uh my eyes go to that because they got me right in college basketball and they got me doing a lot of formula one which i'm really excited about um i turned my my fandom for f1 into an actual uh, Love business
0: so we're enjoying yep. that
1: yes watch <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you the just way to do it okay have you seen the drive to survive show
0: i haven't but i've heard of it on netflix right
1: okay that it's on netflix it's fantastic yes it's overly dramatic and over the top and it's like yeah. they're really playing stuff up, but it's it, it's not completely real but it will get you hooked because that got my wife into it i mean she watched that and now look we're watching races we're watching quality like <laughs> I we're, love we're, it. whole nine yards i mean we're we're thinking about like maybe going to a race someday she's buying me like shirts and stuff like that's great give give the, give Draft to survive a shot like i think you'll enjoy it but All right. it, it's super fun and look fernando alonso look we love him it's great to see him winning are we're on great.
0: a podium again. I'm a fan. All right. I'll have, to, I'll have to check it out. I will then have to check it out. Mark, thank you so much for joining us, man. We uh, we really appreciate it. And we are doing our live uh, first round coverage again on YouTube. So, you, of course, you're welcome to join, uh, yeah. to join I, again um, this year if I, you'd like. I,
1: I think I'm going to be around. I don't know what they're going to have me doing, but I, I'm sure I can dip away for a couple of picks at least.
0: That'd be great. That'd be great. Awesome. All right, sir, have yourself a great night, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, man.
1: Sounds great, buddy.
0: All right, take care. All right, so that's it. Mark, we we love having Mark on. Mark, he's the best. And so, of course, not at Pat's pulpit anymore, but still on SB Nation, writes now uh, for SB Nation kind of all sorts of different things. And so – uh, he does a great job over there and we appreciate him coming on just one or two more things first of all hi, hello thad thanks for thanks for stopping in appreciate it uh Jimmy G to the Raiders that'd be interesting um appreciate that and also did Teddy yep. a little shout out from Teddy appreciate it appreciate that um but anyways i I, I do think you know of course free agency does start this weekend or, or I guess Monday technically we'll hear about all that stuff starting noon on Monday and and just like always i'm sure those things will be flying as soon as noon hits uh there'll be a ton of different a ton of different things and i remember you know we had to do an instant reaction show 2 years ago because of the hunter henry news and they signed hunter henry and matthew judon i'm sorry they signed uh, Ma- uh matthew judon and who smith and then the next day they signed hunter henry too so um you know a lot of hopefully we'll have some we'll have some instant reaction uh podcasts coming up next week but uh but anyways, it is it is really interesting. I'm I'm fascinated to see where the Patriots go because as I as I said to Mark, I think they're a better team than eight and nine. I, I think they're better than that, and because of that, they are in this weird situation where it's like, well, we don't really want to tank. Not that we don't want to tank, but we don't necessarily want to just draft rookies. We also want to rebuild and retool with solid veterans that can put us over the top in some certain areas. And so I think it makes sense to go out and, and and spend some money uh, to make yourself better. And I think Edmonds, you know, you mentioned Tremaine Edmonds. I think to me, he's kind of top of the list for me. Maybe Brown is a guy, um, you know, that, that, that is a guy that could shore up their offensive line. And if you sign Orlando Brown, and like Mark said, you move Trent Brown back to right tackle. Now you're looking at it saying, all right, our offensive line is set. We're done at offensive line, right? You probably draft a right tackle a little bit later on, day two, day three, guy who can hopefully step in for Trent Brown after he plays next year because he's on a one-year deal. Uh, maybe you resign Trent Brown next year. Who knows, right? Um, but either way, you bring in an Orlando Brown, and, and all of a sudden your offensive line solidified. So now that's no longer a need in the draft. So now you look at it and say, all right, yeah, we need some depth pieces, but we don't need a starter right away. All right, well, if we don't need a starter, then what else do we want to do? Well, all right, do we need a wide receiver or do we need a cornerback or, you know, what else do we do? And so I really do think, um, you know, Dark Pagolta and dad said, you know, they had bad coaching, which they did. And I think that they fixed that, which is a good thing. Um, and I and I do agree that, that uh, this is an important offseason. Look, I said it last year. I said at the beginning of the year last year, uh, my dad – I credit my dad with this and, and and I agree with him as soon as he said it, but, but he was the first one to say it uh, to me, at least that, you know, last year, the Patriots were in a holding pattern last year. They weren't tanking. They weren't saying this season doesn't matter. Cause Belichick will never say the season doesn't matter, but they were in a holding pattern. They didn't have a ton of money in the off season. They couldn't really spend where they wanted to spend. So they figured let's get better, right? Let's, you know, rebuild a little bit. And then, you know, We'll really make the push in 2023. We're doing a bunch of, a bunch of renovations of the stadium. Those will be done in 2023. You know, Mac Jones will be going into his third year. So yeah. Okay. Holding pattern 2022. And let's really try to make a push in 2023 and see what happens. Um, And so I think that that's plausible. Um, Again, you know, what does that look like? I don't know. Right. And and I'm not sure where that goes, but if you're able to bring in a guy like a Brown and even if you bring in a guy, you know, like, uh, Jermaine Edmonds as well. Well, now you say, all right, we need a corner. We need a probably a wide receiver maybe. Right. And so that's, that's the thing. Um, so anyways, so that's, so we'll see what happens. I think, I think we'll be having some conversations early next week. I think we'll be doing some podcasts early next week is what I'm saying. to you. I think uh, Monday, Tuesday, you'll be hearing some stuff about the Patriots making some big splashes. So I might be wrong. But that's kind of where I'm at. That's what I think is going to happen. So, uh, so we shall see. But, anyways, that's it. That's it, guys. I'm going to do my last segment here and then I'll get you guys out of here. We'll have a little bit of a quicker show, uh, today. And then, of course, you'll be back next week with our regular show. And you guys know we'll do instant reaction shows whenever we have to. Um, if there's a big free agent signing, if the Patriots make a big trade, I did forget to ask Mark about Jalen uh, Ramsey, which I should have asked him about. But nevertheless, I think that the Ramsey trade, if the Patriots were to trade for Ramsey, I think that makes a ton of sense. You probably don't have to give up quite as much either um, as, as you would have in years past. So I like the thought of that. Again, whether they can make it happen or not, I don't know. But I like the thought of that. So, uh, all right. Anyways, here we go. Final segment of the episode For something we think you'll really like this week in sports history. All right. So I got two for this week in sports history, two of them. Uh, The first one comes from 1930. Okay. Uh, It's from today in 1930. So March 8th, 1930. Uh, And that was Babe Ruth signs a two year contract for $160,000. uh, Yankees GM, Ed Barrow says that no one will ever be paid more than Babe Ruth. <laughs> He's a little, a little bit off on that one, but let's take a look. 160,000. Uh, in 1930. Let's see what it says. 160,000 in 1930 would be. Wow. <laughs> Maybe he wasn't wrong because 160,000 in 1930 is the equivalent of in purchasing power to about eight, uh, sorry, two. No, oh, yeah, no, never mind. I read that wrong. I meant, I thought the decimal point was another zero, was another comma. I mean, uh, 2.8 million dollars. So, yeah, I, I think I would say pretty confident in saying that Babe Ruth, uh, people have been paid more than Babe Ruth, but still, two years, 160,000 in 1930 is a ridiculous amount of money. Um, and then, of course, in March 8th, 1971. Joe Frazier ending Muhammad Ali's 31 fight winning streak at MSG where Matt is right now. Uh, and he retains the heavyweight boxing title by unanimous points decision over 15 rounds in what was called the fight of the century. So that's March 8th, 1971. So anyways, some cool, uh, some cool moments there in in the middle of March. So, uh, that's all I got for you today. That's all I got for you today. Uh, we appreciate Mark coming on again, uh, as always. Uh, we will have some news. Uh, there's some news that we have about the podcast. Can't really share it with you yet. Um, but again, the YouTube will be changing at the end of the month. We will give you that information. We'll give you all those links uh, that you can subscribe there. We're also going to be creating a Twitch page as well. So we'll have you on Twitch as well. Uh, and then, of course, you'll be able to view us on Twitter. But again, as I said, the, the uh, stream as far as the rss feed the podcast stream is going to be exactly the same you're not gonna have to do anything you don't have to subscribe to someone else you don't have to go that's it doesn't matter you are done so uh which is good so anyways we'll have more of that information maybe not next week but certainly in the coming weeks uh, we'll get you all that information uh, ahead of time and i still have access to this website to this um this youtube so what i might end up doing is even afterwards i might just do a quick video post some of those links down the bottom just so you can have them Uh, and then we'll kind of go from there. All right. But thanks for listening guys. We appreciate it. Uh, Enjoy talking to you. Love, love, love all you guys. And I mean, it's almost the new league year. It's almost the 2023 NFL season is upon us right around the corner. This is great. So we know football never stops, of course, but this long crazy long two and a half month for the Patriots, at least uh, two and a half month off season is finally over and we can get back into what we care about, which is football. So uh, enjoy the weekend guys. And uh, hopefully I'll be talking to you early next week, breaking down some big freeze and signings by the Patriots.